Uh, we're really purposing in our heart to be uh, a church that's touching lives and changing lives and not something that we just check off our list to say that we've been to church on Sundays, but to really be this ecclesia that God called the church to be in the earth realm. I celebrate everyone that was in that video, and I'm telling you, man, there's nothing like being free. We've all been traumatized uh, and made some mistakes, whether it's been uh, imputed on us from other people or mistakes that we made ourselves and, and just couldn't seem to get past. You can be free. I want you to know that. Um, to, my, to my men, I'm doing something next year because I really, really want to... Um, I love people. Man, I just, I love people so much, but I can be a loner easily. I, Vincent can have fun by himself. I go to my office at home, and they, they can come, have to come get me out because I can go, you know, it's a wonderful, wonderful world up here. I can stay up here, and I'm cool. Um, while at the same time, I just love people. And so um, I purposed in my heart in 2023 that I wanted to have uh, a closer connection with the men of right way. I think we need each other. We're given such a false perception of what a real man is. Social media is just, it's, it's horrible. It has its place, but overall it's horrible. Uh, men are now defining themselves by animals. Alpha, whether you're alpha or you're beta, you know, um, it's just sad. And so I, I think that what we need, though, we need, we need fellowship one with another. I don't care how hard you think you are, brother. You need, the Bible says a brother is born for the day of adversity. You need brothers in your life, man. You need a, some brothers that are going to give you some good advice that, that will be there with you. And, and, and man, if it's something we got to cry about, then we, 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 we man enough to know that crying don't make us punks. And if we got to vent our frustrations, we can vent them in the right environment and know that they don't go any further than that. And so what I'm doing in 2023, I'm, I'm starting this thing called the den. It's going to be my way of beginning to reach out and talk to my men, to my bros. So we call it the den because, you know, when you get some brothers in the den, you know, it's almost like being in the barbershop. We have good conversation, right? And so for all the guys that want to be a part of this, uh, I'm going to start out texting you weekly, sharing videos and stuff, and then we'll have some gathering times as well. But it's not going to take a lot of your time, but just to know that your pastor cares about you and that, that there's that space for us to be able to talk and communicate with each other. And so you can text the DEN. Will you put that back up one more time? The DEN to 71441. 71441, the DEN. And that's going to put you in this community uh, of brothers with me. I'll have your number. and We'll be able to communicate and talk to each other. I'm very excited about this. I, I want to let my men know I'm committed to you. I want to challenge you again. I know there's a whole lot going on out there, man, about pastors having done stuff. I'm, I'm challenging you to follow me. I'm challenging you, first of all, to watch me. Watch how I interact with my children. Watch how I interact with my wife. I'm challenging you. I, I, as a brother to brother, I want to challenge you, man. We, we got to challenge each other to step up and be real men. That's what our homes need. That's what our community needs. That's what our church needs. And he's real men. Amen. So I want to let you know I'm on your team. Praise the Lord. And I got a lot of daughters here that I got to get married. And I'm not trying to make you be a man to get married, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all right. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to connect with you guys on that. Let's get into this word on today. Um. Take your iPad, whatever you're using. One more thing I want to say, the seven days of fasting, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't get into stuff 
<clears throat> I don't have a problem with some traditions, but I just don't do stuff to be doing it. So, I don't, you know, those 30 days of fasting, other ministries, maybe even people, ministries that y'all are connected to, they're going to be doing that. If you feel that that's what you need to do, man, you go ahead on and do it. I, I hadn't heard God tell me to put right way on a fast. Uh, so that's not what we're doing. One thing that we do do here traditionally, and I'll stop it if God say, we take our first seven days of the year and we commit them to a time of fasting. I promise you, I won't keep you past 7 o'clock. We come in here. As a matter of fact, I'm going to uh, close this message out a little early because this is our actual first day. And so we're going to be praying about our spiritual growth in God on our first day. I also got some stuff I want to give you. I'll write this down, and I can just make this a part of my message so you can start my time because I, I want to be very studious on my time. Um, I want to encourage you this year to get a journal. Get a journal, especially those of you that are going to be coming to the seven days of prayer from 6 to 7. I'll get you out of here before 7. Bring your children too. I don't think we do a good job at training our children in the way that they should go so we don't show them uh, that prayer is a part of life and how to do it and keep them in these environments. They need to be in them. Even if they're on the back row playing, they're still in the environment. I did that, but my mom kept me in the environment and I'm the pastor that I am now because my mom kept me in the environment. So parents, you need to keep your children in the environment. Don't let them sit at home. Bring them to church. Let them be a part of the environment. Praise the Lord. But you need to get a journal. You need to get a journal. I journal. I write down when, I, when the Lord tells me something. You don't have enough brain space to try to hold on to everything that you hear the Lord say. So you need to document it. The other thing it's going to do is when you get up in age and you have grandchildren, they're going to be able to go back to your time and see your time spent with God and what God was saying to grandmama or granddaddy or auntie or uncle. So it's, it's a good heritage to be able to pay. As a matter of fact, that's what we're reading. We're reading a heritage that was passed down. We read in Proverbs where Solomon remember when his, his daddy told him to drink waters out of your own cisterns and warning waters out of your own wells. In other words, he's saying, stay away from all them women, boy. He ain't listen, but at least he had the letter that told him. So you need to journal. And, and, and these seven days that we're going to be together in the morning time, we're going to carve out space for quietness for you to hear God and for you to write down what God is saying. You got it dated if you have to so you can remember it and you can go back. You have a reference point that you can go back to. You need, as believers, you need to start keeping a journal. And then I'm going to give you some instructions every morning. Uh, I'm trying to, trying to throw my bait out there to get them to come to the prayer because that's what I'm going to do with it. Uh, because you got to commit. We're gonna, I'm going to deal with uh, uh, five to seven, I may deal with all of them, uh, areas of wealth, right? I'm going to deal with spiritual wealth. And I got some questions to ask you that will help you to analyze whether or not you're healthy spiritually. Then we're going to talk about physical wealth. All of these are areas of wealth, right? We're going to talk about your physical wealth. Are we eating properly? Are we giving to our bodies what our bodies need? And then what do we need to do? And then at the end of that, I have an action step. Because it's not just to recognize what I need to do differently. If I don't give myself some action steps then I'll never do it. I'll just know what I need to do and never do it. Then we're going to talk about our mental wealth. Our minds are supposed to be healthy. I'm going to get into that a little bit this morning about our, our, our service. Uh, some of us, are, are, are we're addicted. We don't think we are, but we are addicted to social media. 
We are addicted to the attention of other people. We are addicted to likes. We are addicted to what other people are doing, and we're not even addicted to our own success. And so it feels good to spill away when I'm failing, when I'm not succeeding, when I'm not gaining ground or the ground that I desire, it's easy to spill away to a platform and watch the success of other people and get high off them. So I want to encourage some of you that are going to be meeting me and actually the whole church, even if you don't come to the seven days of prayer for whatever reason, it's no pressure. I get it. We're going to be praying for you also. Is that maybe you need to take seven days and fast from social media. And for those of you that social media is a part of your workforce, Commit to go on, do what you got to do, and get off. Don't scroll one time other than to make sure that it's on there. After that, get off. I promise you, if you can't, if you can't control your body to do that, listen, you're not in control of your body. Your body is in control of you. And I'm telling you what they're doing. They're deprogramming us and reprogramming us with social media. That's why some of you don't like to read because it's not in 4K. Social media steals the ability to have creativity and imagination. It robs that of your mind because it already gives you a finished product. What reading does, it stirs up imagination. It stirs up creativity. But if you're over here too much, you won't like being over here because it makes no sense because you got to read it to get it. But you've become consumed in seeing it already. I don't want to encourage you to go on a fast and do what you got to do and then get off for seven days. It's, some of us don't, it's not, some of us, it, it's not not needing, double negative, my fault, food. You can go all day and not eat. Matter of fact, you stay on social media long enough, you look up, you've been up for four hours and hadn't even drinking your coffee cold. <laughs> so it's not a matter of, I believe fasting is not as much as what you're not eating as it is what you eat when you're not eating. So to just fast from food but not eat what you need to eat for what you were fasting for, all it was was a long diet. So you'll get some health benefits. You may drop a few pounds, but on the spiritual side, you didn't do anything for yourself. So if that is a fast you're going to do, I would encourage you guys to go on, a, go on that social media fast and push away, and then you got your journal open, and you'll start hearing God a lot clearer. Amen. Amen. Just trying to help you out. Now, at the end of the day, you do what you want to do. You get what I'm saying? It's your life that you got to live, but pastor is here to help you out. All right? So let's get into it. Um, occupied access. I got Kimmy with me today, so she and I are going to be rocking together, and I want you to listen intently. Uh, I do not have a, a word per se in what God is doing for this year. I'm, I'm maturing. I'm growing. I'm learning God. My relationship with God is much different than it was at the beginning. And so with that comes change. You see the scripture differently. You understand God at a greater level. And, and I'm convinced that everything that God, God is doing, he has already done. I'm just listening to God for those in-between things. Like uh, pre-COVID in the middle of my message, I just stopped and I said, I hear the Lord say we need to start taking more vitamin C and work on our health because I see something coming. He didn't need to tell me it was COVID. He just needed to prepare me for it. 
You get what I'm saying? Almost, what, seven, eight months later, bam, COVID breaks out. But, but God, because warning comes before destruction, and God had already prepared us, told us, get healthy, get your immune system right, right, because something coming. Uh, right before the wintertime, I told you all, I saw sickness coming on the horizon, and it was going to be real big. So, hey, get your immune system right. Lo and behold, it broke out in the school system just like the Lord. So I'm listening to God for that. But when it comes to the success of the church, God has already spoken. He's already spoken. And, and, and so I wrote in my journal a couple of years ago that the church is always looking for a new word and are not settled in the word that they already got. We want something new. We just feel like we got that. That's why people won't stick with their pastor long enough because he preaching the same thing. And they, they like to offboard onto a prophet or another church that's saying something different. And, and so sometimes our spiritual system is all jacked up because we eat from too many different tables. We eat from too many different tables. Rather than taking the time and, and eating from the table that God assigned you to, digest that and then see what God is going to do with that. So what God gave me for 2023 was occupy two words, occupy and access. Come on, say that, occupy and access. I'm looking a little, if that's me, I'm looking a little dark. I, we may need to do something with the, our lights a little bit. Just, I, I, I don't know. Maybe I, I'm seeing something. Y'all do your thing. Let me hush. Let me get to my message. So, look at Colossians chapter 1. We're going to look at verse 12 through 14. I'm asking you to lean in, lean in this morning, and I want you to listen intently. What did I ask you to do? Lean in and listen intently. Overflow, what did I say? Oh, I hear you out there, overflow. Come on, lean in and listen intently. What did I say, live stream? <laughs> lean in and listen intently. I believe God is going to speak to you this morning, and you're going to hear a word that will transform your whole life. Colossians chapter 1, verse 12 through 14 says this. For this cause, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for... I think I'm starting at verse 8, Kimmy, I'm sorry. Start at verse 8, my apologies, I, I wrote it in my notes. Verse 9, I'm sorry, I wrote it in my notes wrong. There, verse 9, for this cause, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire, listen at this, that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. You saw that? That word might there is God protecting himself in the text. Because if you don't get filled, if he said that you will be filled, that would have meant that it was on God to put it in you whether you wanted it or not. The, the fact that he said might be filled means it's going to be delivered to you, but it's up to you to put it in you. So I'm delivering it to you now, and that's why I said lean in, because the leaning in is you putting it in you as I deliver it to you. And I'm delivering it so that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Here, he's going to protect himself again, that ye might walk worthy. We should, but God has to protect himself, because if he doesn't put the might in there, the walking worthy would mean that God would have to make you walk worthy. Then he would take away your free will. But the scripture says that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. Watch this. How was that walk? Being fruitful in everything.
every. See, the church, we're supposed to be fruitful in every good work. Every good work. And watch this. And continuing to increase in the knowledge of God. Strengthen with all might. Now, that word might there means we're strengthened with all of our abilities and we're strengthened in power. According, that word accord means in agreement or in harmony to his glorious power. So, so when, I, when I have knowledge of what God's power is, my earthly power should match his power. Now, he's all-powerful, so we'll never get there. But in relative, because we have Jesus, God, in a body who walked in the earth, and we saw what power he walked in, God is now saying, I got in a body, walked in that body, so you can see what that body, what a body governed by Holy Spirit could do. I saved you with Holy Spirit, so that now you can match the body how I was when I was in a body. So if he had all power, if he had power to decree a thing, if he had power to bind the devil, guess what? We got that power too. Now don't go out there and try it unless you know you can do it. But if he had power to walk on water, don't, don't, let me tell you something now. It's a smart thing. If you want to start, start on the beach. Don't go, don't, don't go out deep first and then, then be talking about pastor said. Start on the beach first because if you don't get it on the beach... Smart, right? Smart, right? Smart, right? A pastor died. He tried to go out there and say, you know, if Jesus did it, I can did it, and, and mess around. And stepped off that boat, went straight down, and couldn't swim a leap. Yep, sure did. Unto all patience and long suffering. Now listen carefully. Here it is. Giving thanks unto the Father. Listen, listen, listen. Here's here's your state right now, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Come on, say, there's nothing I can do. <laughs> say, he made me meet. In other words, that word meet means he qualified me. He, he qualified me to be a partakers of this inheritance. So it's no work that you got to do. You're already qualified. Come on, say, I'm qualified. Come on, you got to get that now. I'm caught because a lot of times we don't, stuff don't show up and we wonder if I did or if I qualified to get it. I'm telling you, get that out your mind. You have qualified. Now, there's a reason why you're qualified. And this way we got, this where the, every believer's uh, uh, approach to life should be from this next verse. Who have delivered us from the power of darkness and have translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Come on, say, I'm in. I'm in. No, 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 you're not trying to work. You're not doing your best to make it in. You are in. So every work as a believer is an operation of being a kingdom citizen. Are you listening to me? We operate and flow and move in life as a kingdom citizen. Come on, say, I'm a kingdom citizen. You, you're not just a mobilian. See, you actually, you are a duality. You, you, you actually live a double life, if you will. You are a human being, human given to the being that's on the earth, but you're also a spirit being. You're both. Now, you're more one than the other. You're more spirit being than you are human being because a body without the spirit is dead. So in order for the human being to live, the spirit being must be inside. So you're more spirit being than you are human being. Are you listening to me? But, but here's the question. 
Which of you are you more acquainted with? Because the you of you that you're most acquainted with will be the you that you live from the most. And most of us are more acquainted with our, our human being. We're not acquainted with who we are as spirit beings. That you are a kingdom citizen and you have dominion. The human being part will categorize you. It will put you either in an upper class, a middle class, or a lower class. But, but what you got to understand that as a spirit being, you're neither upper, middle, or lower. You are a kingdom citizen. I'm in a whole nother class all by myself. If you don't understand that, then you're going to be limited to how you move in life. Now, the limit is not on God. The limit is on how you identify yourself. That's why I've been saying for years, stop saying you're just a human being. You're not just a human being. You're more than that. Oh, glory to God. You've been translated into the kingdom of God. Are you listening to me? Just, here's how, here, here's a, a beautiful painting of that picture being translated into the kingdom of God. I could talk to my ladies, they'll understand this. Some men will too, but ladies. If you didn't have anything, teaching purposes only, you didn't have anything, and this guy came along who was filthy rich, do you know what that I do is going to do for you? I like how you said that. Oh, yeah. You know what it's going to do for you? It's going to change your whole world. It's going to take you out of one place. Oh, God. And just from the I do alone, it's going to put you in a whole other category. Watch it. It's going to give you a name change. That's why you're no longer a sinner. The marriage gave you a name change. You are now a saint. People say God sent people to hell. God, God can't send a people or a place to a place that is already going. He's saving us from it, not sending us to it. Because it's all going to hell in a basket already. So he ain't sending nothing that's already headed that way. Jesus came to save us out of it, not send us to it. Are you listening to me? And from receiving Christ Jesus, everything about your life changes. You get translated into the kingdom. Your sins are forgiven, totally removed from you. Whatever penalty they could have put on you, it's been removed. Everything about you changed from this salvation marriage. She didn't have nothing, but if he was a millionaire, the moment she say, I do, she automatically becomes a millionaire. Watch this, because she steps into his kingdom. Are you listening to me? Well, when you received Jesus, you stepped into his kingdom. Ain't nothing broke about you no more. You may not have it on the human side, but that's okay. I got it spiritually. And if I got it over here, I'll bring it over there. This, this Occupy, listen to me, this Occupy and Access is the commission to the citizens of the kingdom of God. Come on, say it's a commission. It is not what God is doing in 2023. God was doing this in Genesis. I occupy and access, we can find that in Genesis. Yeah, be fruitful, multiply, replenish, subdue. 
Put him in the garden. Access. Manage and keep it. So this ain't what God is doing in 2020. This is what God has always wanted to do with his people. We the ones who have been putting God on a timetable. It's a commission. Come on, say to me. And to the kingdom of God. It is not what God is doing in 2023. It is a commission to the church for the expansion of the kingdom of heaven and the citizens of the kingdom of God and for the citizens of us while we're here on the earth. Now, uh, this word commission is defined as a duty or task committed to a person or group to perform. It's authority to undertake or perform certain duties or functions. This word occupy, this word, we're going to deal with this first word. I'll give you access on next week, but for the time that I have left, I want to talk about this occupy. Say occupy. This word occupy, it means to, to, to look, at, look at Luke chapter 19. I'm going to meet you there. Luke chapter 19, just turn there. Listen to me as I'm talking. That way I can move a little faster. This word occupy means to take up space or take up the space thereof. It, it means to take up residence in. My God. It means to buy low and sell high. The word occupy means to do business. Come on, say do business. Now, now watch this. Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19. We're going to start at verse 8. Verse 13 is the operative verse that we, we are working ourselves down to. Uh, this is Jesus who had just bumped into this rich guy named Zacchaeus and wanted Jesus to come to his house. And so at verse 8, we pick up in the story. Um, because uh, Ikea's went and got up in a tree and was watching Jesus. Jesus told him to come down. I'm going to go to your house. And look what Zacchaeus says. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house. For so much as he also is a son of of Abraham for the son of man is come to seek and to save that which is lost now watch this and as they heard these things he added and spake a parable because he was not to Jerusalem because they thought that the kingdom of God should immediately appear he said therefore now the emphasis now is on the kingdom of God they're wondering how the kingdom of God is going to appear now, remember, you're in the kingdom, and they're asking about how is the kingdom of God going to appear? This is the subject matter. Look what he says. A certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. And he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds and said unto them to do what? Occupy. How long? The commission of the church. We should be occupying. Not sitting by wondering when he's coming back. That, that wasn't the order. The Bible says he was going to go get him a kingdom and come back so we don't have to look for him to come back. He'll be back when he be back. The order to us was to occupy, not to look for him to come back, but was to occupy for his coming. Are y'all listening to me? This is so good. Uh, Bible says his citizens hated him and sent a message after him saying, we will not have this man to reign over us came to pass that when he was returned, having received the kingdom, that he commanded these servants to be called unto him. Okay, now watch this. These servants, it's us now. Called these servants unto him. To whom he had given, to whom he had given, 
<laughs> y'all got scared. Y'all, why y'all get quiet right now? To whom he had given the pounds, watch this, that he might know how much every man gained by trading. Who lied to you and told you God don't care nothing about the money? This red letter Bible, Jesus sharing this, and he said the man came back from his kingdom to see what they did with what he gave them. How well they were occupying. Well, first came saying, Lord, thy pound have gained ten pounds. He said unto him, well, thou good servant, because thou hast been faithful in very little, have thou authority over ten cities. Second came saying, Lord, that pound of gain, five pounds. He said, likewise to him, be thou also over five cities. Another came saying, Lord, behold, here you go, which I have kept laid up in a napkin, for I fear thee, because thou art in a store man. Thou takest up that thou layest not down, and reapest thou that thou didst not sow. And he said unto him, out of your own mouth, I'm a judge it in. Thou wicked servant, if you knew I was a steward, and if you knew I would lay down and I can reap in a place that I didn't sow, why you didn't put my money in a system then so it could do something? Why didn't you occupy? You knew how occupying worked, but you didn't work occupying. You could have put it in the bank. The Bible got the word bank in it. They talk about money. The Bible, that scripture got the word bank in it. So if I'm not supposed to talk about money, should I not read that scripture? That at my coming, I might have re required my own with some extra. God did not give you anything for you to give it back to him the way he gave it to you. That is a waster. For God to give you talents and gifts and skills and you hand it back over to him the same way he gave it to you. Boy, you preaching good, pastor. Now I see why people would rather just stay on the prophetic side because it bears no responsibility on your part to do anything. It's just talk to me, Lord. It, it doesn't hold me to have to do anything. Because God is in charge. He's going to do whatever he want to do. Well, if God is in charge and he can do whatever he want to do whenever he want to do it, why did he take the money that the man had hid in the napkin and make it increase? Why is he getting on this man? He judged him out of his own mouth. Went, Wherefore then gave us my money, verse 24, he said unto, unto them that stood by, take from him the pound. Give it to them that have 10 pounds. Wait a minute. 10 pounds? I thought he started off with just five. How he get 10? Oh, he said, give it to the one that know what to do with it. Give it to the one that's going to take it and make it increase. See, y'all, here's what we like to say that let us off the hook. The rich get rich and the poor get poor. Well, according to the text, I see why. The poor don't do nothing but hide their stuff in a napkin. The poor don't make it produce no more. Maybe they're poor because they're poor. Everybody ain't poor because they don't have. Some are poor because they don't do. Amen, lights. 
Amen. Listen, God say, I'm not putting, I'm not putting my resources in the hands of my children that won't do nothing with it. I said this before, I'm going to say it again. Some of you are praying too much. You pray and pass your doing. You want your prayer to make up for your inability to do. And God said, that ain't what I gave you prayer for. I didn't give you prayer to work me. I gave you prayer to talk to me to find out what you need to do. Oh, you preaching good. Amen, screams. Amen, screams. You preaching good. You preaching good. And they said unto him, Lord, he already got a bunch. What he need it for? That's verse 25, Vincent Robinson's translation. Because that's what he said right there. Verse 20, go back to 25. See, this because this is what we always say. And they said unto him, Lord, because he had just told him to give it to the man with 10 pounds. They come back and say, well, Lord, he already got 10 pounds. What you getting it to him for? Ain't that how we, they got something, what they want more. They don't need all that. Sounds just like the church. Sounds just like the church right there. Well, let's see, let's see what he said, verse 26. He said, well, let me tell you, what, let me tell you why. That unto everyone which have, so everybody ain't robbing. Everybody that got more, they ain't robbing. They ain't conniving. They ain't stealing. I ain't taking the money. I'm working. I'm occupying. Everybody that got money ain't, ain't, ain't around here lying and conniving and doing underhanded stuff. No, 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 no. I say unto you that not everyone that have shall be given. And for him that have not, even that he have, it'll be taken away from him. But those mine enemies which would not that I should reign over them, bring hither, slay them before me. Now, we're talking about occupying. Are you listening? Now, uh, in, in 13D, that la when I say this, the last portion of the scripture amplified, it says this. And he said to them, buy, here's that word occupy, buy and sell with these while I go and then return. Now that's a commission to the church. Watch this. God gave us gifts, talents, and skills. He say, now you have what you need to be successful. Now go. I got to go something that I got to do. Because I got to restore all things. I've already restored you. Right? And now I'm giving you what you need to help refresh. I restore. I'm going to give you what you need to stay refreshed. Now go and refresh yourself. As much as you want to refresh yourself, go and refresh yourself. Right? As long as your refreshing gives me glory, be refreshed. Ain't no such thing as too much. He says, as long as, as, long as you're giving me glory, be as refreshed as much as you want to. I restore, I give you what you need to refresh. Now go. I got to go because I still have some more redemptive work to do in this heavenly sphere. And then when I finish all that and those seven seals, which were lease agreements, so when Satan's lease is up over the earth, now I can come back and kick him out. But right now, while the lease is still in force, I can't kick Satan out. So I can't kick him out. I'll just give you power over him. But, but when the lease is up, I'm going to come back and I'm going to kick him out and I'm going to renovate the whole house called earth for you. That's your house. I'm going to renovate it. Then I'm going to put you back in it. But, but don't be looking for me to come back. I need you to go and refresh. No, that ain't what the church do. We sit around, Lord, when you're coming, God. Oh, Lord, when you're coming, God. We see you coming, God. That's not refreshing. 
He said, go be, refresh yourself. That's what I'm giving you the, the pounds for. And I'm going to come back and I'll go do my work and I'll be back. We're supposed to be occupying. Okay, 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 okay. I, I see you're listening. Well, here's a side note. Buy and sell with these while I go and then return. That's an ordered instruction. Come on, say an ordered instruction. An order has a predetermined outcome. I'm, I'm, oh boy, y'all better lean in now. See, you've been given the order to occupy. Okay, okay. Because occupy is an order with a predetermined outcome. It cannot be stopped. It can only be inactive. Did y'all hear what I just said? Okay, 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 okay. With the pound is an order. And there's something on the pound to produce. If it's active. Are you listening to me? And so you've got to be active wherever God has assigned you to occupy. For some of us, it may be in nursing. For some of us, it may be in teaching. For me, it's, this is my pulpit. But everybody got a pulpit somewhere, and he expects you to take that pulpit there and occupy that space. For some of us, it may be hairstyling. For some of us, it may be makeup and beauty. For some, we got all these different, these seven mountains, some call them seven spheres of influence. Some of us, it may be media. You're supposed to take that kingdom into that place and occupy that place. Set up residence. Buy low. Say a high. You're supposed to be doing the Lord's business in that place. It may be selling cars. You're supposed to be occupying in that space. It may be selling houses. You're supposed to be occupying in that space. Listen, God gave them the ability to prosper, increase, and grow. God gave them, please listen to me. God gave them the ability to prosper, increase, and grow. That's what that was. So he didn't need to be around. We didn't need no kumbaya. We don't need no kumbaya, Lord. He gave them the ability to prosper, increase, and grow. I, 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 what frustrates me, we got a lot of the church, we got a lot of do-nothings calling on God. He ain't obligated to show up for a bunch of do-nothings. Even the people in Genesis 11, he said, let us go down and see the tower that they build. He came to see them doing Come show up for do nothings. What y'all want? Y'all want me to come and do what? If I show up and you're doing nothing, what I what I have done with my presence is approved your do nothing. That's why when you deep in sin, God don't speak. Because if He speak, then it, it almost agrees with what you're doing. So ain't no need in changing because I'm still hearing Him. So he gets quiet, so you'll push away and pull closer. He say, oh, now you realize you need to get away from it because I ain't talking while you're in it. I am, but you just can't hear me. And so I'm convinced that God ain't showing up in some of our churches because we just got a do-nothing service. Because we got a bunch of folks ain't doing nothing. We ain't occupying. And the church, like we do, we call it all sin. Like right now, this is a sin message right here. Now, this ain't no sin message. I'm reading the Bible. It'd be different if I ain't come from the book. I read the Bible. 
Listen to me. He set them up with what they needed for functionality and acquisition. Come on, say he set them up. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get y'all to understand. You, this is why this in-purpose conference is so important. Because there's a difference between ambition and purpose. And man, if you get on too much of that social media, you'll be running out the ambition and totally ignoring your purpose. God has set all of you up for something unique. You've been, you've been crafted to do something, and some of y'all be running. You know, I'm a Pastor M. She, her, her whole side of her family is, is, is that education side. My, my side of the family is trade. Brick masons, barbers, plumbers, except for my uncle. He went to school to be an engineer. Pastor M's side of the family, all of them, you know, deans, teachers, all of this. So it's no doubt that that's in her DNA. And she ran from it for years was running from the thing that she was purposed to do because something else looked better. But because it looks better don't mean it's what you call to do. Like many of our teenagers, I'm, I want to go off to school to be a lawyer. Is that ambition or is that purpose? Think about it. I'm going somewhere now. Eat the meat, spit out the fat. In our community, you don't hardly ever see and son. In the church, no, and they, of course, kids got to do what they call to do. But if we look at Bible, Abraham, Isaac was his son, Jacob, David, Solomon was his son, right? But in the church, most of our children don't want to follow the path. They want to do something else. Well, I know what it is, and I know why we don't have a lot of and son businesses. Let me tell you why. Or, and daughter, or it's not passed on. Because what we tend to do is look at the hardship that they did to build it. And we don't look further enough to recognize how it would be built when it's turned over to us. So I don't want to do that because mama and daddy had to work hard. Right, work hard so you'd have it easy. They put in the hard work so that you could be a good manager and a steward over it. I don't, see, but you don't allow yourself to look down the street further enough to see that it ain't always going to be like this. And that by the time I take it over... We don't think like that. So I ain't going to do it. And so we got a lot of our children, some of us grown folks in the room right now, we need to work hard, but we ain't fulfill purpose. Because it's in purpose that you occupy. In purpose, everything in that realm submits to you. It submits to you. No fear with what I do whatsoever. No way. We didn't have witches come to this church. I ain't scared of them. Some I touch, some God say don't touch. Okay, I ain't got to touch you. Lord, tell me don't touch. I ain't got to touch you. Then they laugh at me. I know who you are. I bet you do. <laughs> you don't mind me? Because I'm, I'm in what I'm supposed to be in. Now put me in something else and, con and I get confronted with that same thing. Now we got issues because I don't have my purpose to defend me. And I'm telling you, some of you, you are not you're not occupying because here it is, you're chasing paper. And God didn't call us to chase anything. He called us to fulfill purpose. See, I used to be on the college tours, and I, my, my ultimate goal, I wanted to be a motivational speaker. I wanted to be a Les Brown. I wanted to jump in my private jet 
get me some colleges, click my chick, motivate people. And so I, I started this, look, I'm on, my, I'm, I'm on my way, I'm moving up. You get what I'm saying? It's you, you, start, you start low, you aim high. And so I'm, I'm hitting the colleges in the city. I'm doing things, doing name getting out there pretty good, right? And so I'm at this one meeting, and uh, it's over 100 plus of, of my people in the room. And, and my thing is my call as it pertains to finances, it is to bring you into relationship with who you are. It's to help you discover you. Now, now, you can go somewhere else and get all the other tools and all that stuff like that. But I, my, my call is to bring you into relationship with who you are, what God calls you to be. And so I always lead out with this question, especially when I'm in colleges. Every, I want you all to bow your heads for me for a minute. And I talk a little bit about purpose and, and I explain what purpose is. And then I say, how many of you in the room right now believe that you're in college for your purpose? I'm in a room, 100 plus kids, Right. Uh, no, I've I reversed the question. How many of you believe? How many of you believe that what you're in school for is your purpose? Maybe have four hands that raised out of hundred and some kids. How many of you are unsure what your purpose is? And Minister Trey was there. Almost half the room, minus those four or five people, hands went up in the air. So they're in school, about to get educated for something that they'll never be able to occupy, because God didn't give them the pounds to work with that. So they have good ambition. They may even be good at what they do. They may even get man's approval, but they'll never get God's. Because you can't occupy what God hadn't called you. It will even hinder your relationship with God when you're not in your purpose. Because ain't nothing God can tell you much to promote that if he ain't called you to it. What you want him to give you? What advice you want him to give you for something that he didn't call you to? Why would he, you being out of purpose, why would he give you advice to be better at something that you shouldn't be doing in the first place? Come on, parents. What conversations are you having with your children about occupying? Are you just letting them go to social media and find out what the, the TikTok, what TikTok influencer? Everybody can't be an influencer. Everybody ain't called to be an influencer. And if you look at some of this stuff, you don't want that influence anyway. Do you know what you are supposed to do? And, and, and you may not be in front of a camera. See, when it's quiet like that, now you're talking directly to the person. Because now they got to think. And the sad thing is we come to church and it doesn't promote us to think. It tells us what to do. And I know why the church is empty, especially of my bros, because bros are being tired of being told what to do, but you never told me who I am. If you tell me who I am, I'll learn what to do. But if I don't know who I am and you keep telling me what to do, brother, I'm, I'm just, I'm a puppet. Who am I? His return was not to give instructions. Man, when he came back from his kingdom, he wasn't returning. This is so powerful in the text. He wasn't returning to give instructions. Listen to this carefully. He, was return he wasn't returning to give a new word. Everybody want a new word. He wasn't returning to give instructions, and he was not returning to give a new word. T. Watch this, watch this, watch this. He was returning to see what had been done with his investment in them. I don't have to come and give you another word. 
I gave you pounds and told you to occupy. I ain't got to come give you a new word. I'm still on what I told you before I left. Occupy. I'm just coming to see if you did what I told you to do. Watch this. With what I gave you. You didn't even have to work for it. I gave you a talent. I gave you a skill. I gave you an ability. What else you want? Now what you go? Oh, that's a good word for somebody. Now what you going to do with it? I gave you an ability. What you going to do with it? Do you minimize it? Right now, because it's not getting the attention that you want, everybody ain't looking at your curls right now. You get what I'm saying? Your, your lace front ain't getting the attention that you want. Your lips popping ain't getting the likes that you want right now. Your cake sales ain't where they used to be right now. Folks ain't saying much about your cupcakes right now. Are you minimizing it? Think about if I had a minimized right way when I was in the gym. Ain't nobody coming here. Might well shut this thing down. Ain't nobody coming here. Then the Lord said, keep putting 200 chairs out. Put 200 chairs. Folk, 200 folk ain't coming here, Lord. Can you not see? 200 folk ain't coming here. He said, well, are you going to minimize it? Because how many chairs you put out will determine where your faith is. And I don't want to put out enough chairs for the number of people that were coming. So my faith would not have been on anything else but what was coming. All the time believing that there's more in me than what's coming, but I'm only preparing for what's coming. So maybe you don't have more because you only prepare for the foe that's giving you service. And you don't get the wisdom that you need for the 200 that you do want. telling you I keep saying this and I don't know I, I just I wish you guys would just take me off whatever platform you put me on and really hear me as a pastor and a prophet to you that there's greatness on the inside of you he didn't put us here to fail he didn't put us here to be broke he didn't put us here to be sick it works telling you it works when I see all the stuff coming against the word of God on social media I get excited I, get, I really it, it, doesn't, it doesn't make me not believe God it makes me believe in more it makes me believe in more ask me how because everybody want to fight the man who got the belt so, so you notice it could be a guy who just started boxing he just won his first match. They say you did a great fight. The uppercut was great and stuff. What do you think is next for your career? Well, I think I'm ready for the champ. You just had your first fight, dude. This, show, this is your premier night. You, you hadn't even, I mean, you got five, four, three, two. You got, you got number 12 that you need to fight first, but, but he don't call out number 12. He, he don't have to call out the Muslim. He, he, he ain't got to call out Buddha. You, you ain't got, why? He ain't got no belt. You want to fight the man with the belt. You want to fight the champ. And in order to be a champ at this, you got to be able to die and get back up. You can't die and stay down and be a champ. So it just make me believe it more. 
Because if all the other ones was real and it was the real thing, why you ain't fighting them? Because they don't hold no belt. But are you just that convinced? And are you convinced enough to stick with it and run the play that God gives you for your life? Can you run the play that God has given you for your life? Oh, that's good. This is a good stopping place. Church, right way, live. Are you going to run the play that God gave you for your life? Not somebody else's play that look like it's working. Because they could be copying somebody else's play. Are you going to be confident enough to run the play that God gave you for your life? Come on, say it's time to occupy. I had so much more I can give you. Um, can I have five more minutes? Because some of y'all, you know, this is your first day. Y'all know how y'all know how it works. We just only had one service. You get what I'm saying? You know how it works. Y'all all right? Okay, okay, okay. I, I need to put a little bit more into you. Uh, somebody say sideline distractions. This is the one thing, if you're talking about occupying, you're talking about being great, you're talking about moving into things to God, you've got to avoid sideline distractions. Now, sideline distractions is the overcrowding of your mind with things that don't grow you in God, grow you in you, or grow you in life for your better good, for your spiritual and health and your social growth. Come on, say sideline distractions. Now, now, I can personal testimony. I've, I allowed myself to get caught up in a sideline distraction before. And it almost made me quit ministering and, and jump off and do something else because I know how to make money. Not that I was in it for money, but God had called me away to shut down my business, go into ministry full time, one paycheck coming in the house. We having some tight moments. And okay, God, you know, I was raised to work. I ain't got no problem with working because I didn't have full confidence in this system that God had not called me to. You got it. I believed in it as long as I was able to make money somewhere else, but to trust God to provide, I had never been put in that situation before. And now here I am. And so, uh, right way is in the gym. Man, I'm talking about we're going through all type of stuff to try to get in that gym just to have service. At the same time, people are calling us a cult. We're just being talked about around the city. And so, you know, I'm, I'm trying to wrap my mind around, around this thing. And so I go on, I'm looking at, at social media, and, and I don't have a problem with you looking at stuff, getting ideas and stuff like that, but the Bible says comparing ourselves amongst ourselves is not wise, right? And, and so that's when you know you fall off into a sideline distraction when rather than eating off of it what you can to make you better, you start comparing yourself to it. And I fell off into that. I came across this ministry. As a matter of fact, we were older than them. Uh, and at this time, they've already built a huge building. Churches packed out. Folks just coming from all over the place. And I compared myself. And then I started, well, Lord, what am I doing wrong? Lord, I'm preaching the word. And then I go and listen to his message. I say, well, he ain't doing nothing but hooping them. He ain't doing nothing but chewing microphones, Lord. And them folks coming in there, he just chewing microphones. And them, ain't, ain't no... Come on, like, ain't no real word. This, this Can I be transparent? Ain't no real word in there being shared with them. And I mean, it just, it just passed. And I'm like, Lord, what am I doing wrong? Why me, Lord? Now I'm blaming God. Why you call me away from my job to bring me up in this old gym? I got to clean it up and I got to do the flow. And I'm in here laying on my face crying out to you. These few folk coming up in here, Lord. Why me, Lord? 
because I start comparing. And then the Lord said, well, how you know I bless that? I say I don't. So why are you comparing yourself to something that you don't know I bless? And from that day, I learned how to shut up and just focus in on what God called me to do. And I am very confident in what God called me to do. Humbled, but very confident in what God called me to do. You know why? Because I sold out to it. If this is it, Pastor M and I, bam, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're called to do. So you got to avoid sideline distractions. Here's the question. Are you programming you or are you being programmed? Are you programming you or are you being programmed? Some of us are being programmed. We're not programming ourselves. I had a meeting, young lady um, in, 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 in the office, and you don't have to know who it is, and she, you know, no shame. So we were talking, some things going on in the mind, trying to get some stuff right. And I said, um, she know, I said, well, you know, any thought that comes to your mind like that, wanting to kill yourself, some of these depressive thoughts, I say, it's the enemy. You got to know how to, you got to fight the enemy, right? And, and so I said, uh, what do we fight the enemy with? When she, she went to talking, I'm helping some of y'all out. And, and so, uh, and I noticed this has been going around too. She said, well, I get up in the morning time and I do my affirmations and I listen to my music. I'm going to tell y'all something. Y'all better stop exchanging these worldly words thinking that they're Bible-based. You can have an affirmation and it just affirm you. Let me, I, I say, well, I say, let me ask you a question then. Let me ask you a question. I say, uh, when Jesus fought the devil, uh, what, what was the first thing he said? It is, you can't beat the devil with an affirmation. Affirmation don't do nothing with Jesus. It's slapping with that little tortilla. With the, I mean, with the devil, it's like a little tortilla slap. It don't do nothing to him. It don't hurt him at all. The only thing that makes the devil back up is the word. No shame. Now, now I got one of them. No shame. Ain't, ain't, ain't no shame. We just talking. She ain't mad. We good. One of my daughters who been with me for a while who understands that I believe that you're supposed to speak the word. We talk scripture around here. We say what the Bible say around here because that's what beats the devil. But we only do affirmations. And we listen to music. I say, well, music only soothes your soul. It does nothing for your spirit. She said, you're right, because I feel good. I say, and that's exactly. See, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you what, 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 the, what the devil's greatest vice that he used in fighting you, you know what it is? It's not fighting you. Y'all ready for this? Y'all, I know y'all, some of y'all been to them, uh, them schools that teach you how to fight the devil, spiritual warfare schools. They don't teach that there, so let me let you in on something. Let me tell you what, what the devil's greatest weapon is. Y'all ready for it? You may want to write this one down. Satan's greatest weapon is back off. I know y'all looking like, huh, that's a weapon? Yeah. So think about it. You praying. You in your, you fasting. You going in. You, you, and it seems like Satan is just attacking you. Stop fasting for a week. Stop praying for a week and see, see you know what he's going to do? He's going to back up. He'll back up the warfare because he said, I got them right where I want them. No, they're not praying. That's where I want them. So why would I fight a person that's not praying? 
just back up and make them feel like they're safe. See, you tired of fighting. I'm just praying. Come on, anybody been tired? I'm just all this praying. I'm just sowing. And then you stop sowing. Say, say, got them. Just back up. Don't fight them no more. We got them. They're coming this way. His greatest fight is back up. He like it when you back up. He like it when you back up from coming to church. I just feel so much at peace. Yeah, because he backed up. I get all the rest I need. Yeah, because he's backed up. He just back up. That don't mean I'm looking for him to fight all the time. But that's what he used. He used backup. You, get in, you start getting that sin real good, he going to back. You know, you say, I'm so sorry, Lord. Please forgive me, God. I didn't mean to do it this time. Next, next time you do it, you'll be like, well, daddy, glad I got that up off of me. Well, what did the devil do? He stopped. He stopped the guilt left. You know what he did? He just back up. Let me back up. They falling further than they know. Be careful that you hadn't fallen victim to the backup. Now, I'm closing for real. That was my second one. You know, pastor, I always have three. Go to 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 15 and 16, and then we'll talk about access on next week because you got to occupy this now. I'm telling you, you need to, if you can make it with me at these morning prayers, we're going to lead you through each one. I'm going to talk about your spirit. We're going to talk about your mind. We're going to talk about your physical health. We're going to be talking about your money. we got to get all of you. The Bible says the very God of peace sanctify you holy, your whole spirit and soul and body. God wants all of you to be right. Are you listening to me? He's concerned about the whole of you and not half of you. 1 Timothy 4.15, meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them that your what? That your what? Your profiting, your gaining may appear unto all. The next verse says, take heed. Here it is. Take heed unto who? Take heed unto who? What others are doing. What's going on in other people's lives. How we look for other people's. It says, take heed to thyself and unto continue in them. For in doing this, you're going to save. You're going to save. Lord, save me. He say, no. He say, if you take heed to yourself. And to doctrine, and you continue doing what you're supposed to do, you'll save yourself. And them that hear thee. You'll convince others to come this way too. Are you listening to me? Now, very quickly, Matthew chapter 25, just write that down in your notes. Verse 14 through 30. 14 through 30. Talking about the stewards. Um, the Bible says God gave them his goods. Say he gave them his goods. Well, uh, that, that's, that's when by God giving us his goods, that is God giving us resource with kingdom reinforcement. Come on, say resource with kingdom reinforcement. I want to touch purpose real quick. I'm done. This is why purpose is so important because you can't fail at purpose. You cannot lose at purpose. God has set up a reserve of preservation for everyone that is in purpose. That's why somebody that's really moving in their purpose, if they lose it all and they jump back in it the next day, give them time, they'll get it all back. With a purpose, they'll get it all back. But if you're just moving in ambition, that person who loses it all will almost want to kill themselves. Big difference when you're living in your purpose, man. 
Verse 15 in Matthew 25 says, he gave it to them according to their several abilities. That's loaded. Come on, say that's loaded. You see what he did right there? To every man according to his several abilities. And then the man in the story, what he did? He took his journey. You know why he can take his journey? Because he gave them everything they needed to be to occupy. Now notice now, it's several abilities, which means you've got to learn how to be comfortable in what God has given you. You got it? This is a 16 by 30 stage. I want a bigger stage, but I cannot allow my want for bigger cause me to disregard making the most of the one that I have. Neither am I going to do anything morally wrong um, um, uh, uh, or disintegral just to try to get a bigger stage because I want it. If I do right with the 12 by 30, he'll, uh, uh, 16 by 30, he'll give me a 32 by 60. So it's the 12 by 30 that determines how well I'll grow. So you don't have to do, you don't have to be disingenuous. You don't have to do immoral or integral stuff to try to grow. Work it with the ability that God has given it to you with. Which then means some of us won't, be, won't have big platforms. But because we won't have big platforms don't mean we can't live big lives. Because God don't limit us by the size of the platform. But if you listen to too much of this outside and these sideline distractions, they'll make you think that you got to have the big platform in order to have the big stuff. And that's just not the way it is. He gave it to them according to their several abilities, which means he gave it to them based on how he knew they can handle it. And so maybe, you know what I'm saying, you get that big stuff like that, it may destroy you. It may take you out because you may not have the spiritual maturity to even handle it, though you want it naturally. I mean, you imagine, man, them, these dudes busting your DM down now. You big. Are these girls busting your DM down now, man? You, you, is it DM? Direct man? Okay. <laughs> Last time I said DL or something, they said, don't say that. I said, well, I don't, I don't know. I don't know all them acronyms. So, so can you handle that? See, you, I'm, I'm not asking y'all. <laughs> Y'all, it's not a counseling session, so don't answer. You know what I'm saying? Can you, can you handle that right? Can you handle that right now, or are you even called to that? Because you may not be called to it. If this is big as it gets, it's fine. I'm going with the God that's bigger anyway. So I don't never limit them by the size of the stage. Don't bother me. But now you get around some pastors. We just talk about my, my community. Well, what? How many folk your church see? I already know what they're trying to find out. I know what you're trying to find out by asking me, how many, how many folk your church see? And, you know, we, we always tend to exaggerate it a little bit. You get what I'm saying? No, I, I say we probably sit about 300, 280, about 300 folk. That's all? That's all? That's all? When you pull out, my car sit right beside yours. Mine look just like yours. Because I ain't limit God. What you got to say about that? Because I don't limit him. And I don't let other people put limits on me. Or make me feel less because of where I am. I'm where I am because I, I, I'm where I am right now. 
catch me in the next year, though. Hide and watch. Back then, they ain't want me. Now I'm hot. They all on me. <laughs> you better believe it. I had to leave out on a laughing note. We're going to get into this Occupy. Let me tell you, I, I want to end with this. Y'all don't have a problem believing God. Some of, y'all, some of y'all don't have a problem with your prayer life. Listen to me. I know some of this ain't for everybody. Some of you got to do better. Some of us don't have a problem with our prayer life. It ain't, it ain't our giving with some of us. Different type of seeds produce different types of harvest. So does giving cause me to increase? Yes, but what it does, it blesses my hands so that when I go out and touch the thing, it causes the thing to multiply more. It's not just give and do nothing else. It's not just tithe and do nothing else. If it says it's going to open the window, but then wear the window. You get what I'm saying? And I think that we've, we've kept the church in default. And we've not made the church active in what they're supposed to be doing in the world. God gave us work, but he he gave us work in purpose. And he gave it to us, watch this, to make him great. And we make him great when we go in and we occupy. But you got to start. You got to start. You got to figure out what is this thing that you've given me to do. And you got to be comfortable enough in that thing to do that thing. Minister Eric, uh, for whatever reason, he, di- he wasn't painting and he went back to painting. He does pencil work. His work is, uh, his, his, I think they call it gray and whatever they call it. It's absolutely amazing. And now his pictures sell in the thousands. Now you talk to the average person. You can't make no money doing that. And they push you off of purpose onto ambition. You need to go to school to do this. This is where the money at. No, the, okay, good. You get the money, but you can't enjoy it because you got your body doing something it wasn't designed to do. And now you stay sick all the time. Or you can't be with your family like you need. Or you can't raise your kids like you You can't have a, a real relationship. Or you've got your body, your, uh, young lady, in this position. And you got it doing stuff that it's not supposed to do. And you're no longer fertile. Because you worked the body a way that you should have never worked it. God wanted you over here because he knew that your womb needed a rest. And it didn't need that type of labor. But you wanted to prove that a woman can do it. And so you went after ambition rather than going after purpose. I love uh, 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 Councilman Cor, Pastor Cor, and Vonza because Vonza said I knew from a young girl that I wanted to be a housewife. Wasn't no shame in her game and she told Cora I don't know what you got to do but I'm supposed to be a housewife. You got to I'm supposed to be at home with the kids and you look at their relationship. I mean years now years, years, almost probably 10 plus years. She been a housewife and hadn't missed a step. Oh but that's too much for the modern day woman. But what if that's what God, what if that's where God purposed you? Can you say yes, Lord? Can you, oh no, girl, that man may mess around and leave and then what you going to do? Okay, 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 I'm with it, I'm with it. So you're working a job that you shouldn't be on and the job closed down and take everything. What you going to do? Ain't no different. What you going to do? They take your 401k and everything from you. What you going to do? I think we, we question God on if rather than agreeing with God on what? 
And if that's what you want me to do, Lord, that's what I'm going to be. You want me to keep my feet soft, my hands soft, my body soft? <laughs> Come on now. Now, Lord, I need you to make sure he understands that I'm supposed to be kicking the rock. And you talk to Pastor Corey, he say he love it. I'm, I'm going home, there go my wife and my kids, they had a grief. I'm talking about he just, he's, I'm almost a little jealous of Pastor. I, I, thought I, I, I thought I had the husband. Pastor Corey got that husband thing locked down. I got to give y'all a laughing story to get you. So Pastor and Vons were the first people that I married uh, at the church. And so we counseling them. And uh, so I'm going, you know, we're going through a little, my, my little book. I'm counseling them. And I, we, he said, well, Pastor, uh, uh, what, what's going to happen when we die? And I don't know why he want to know that question. I said, but he asked him. I said, well, you know, both of y'all go to heaven. I say, and uh, uh, y'all will be brothers and sisters. And this is how I knew, this is how I knew he loved us. He started crying. <laughs> what you mean, Pastor? She won't be my wife. I say, no, I say, Pastor Corey, we not married in heaven. <laughs> I don't know if I want to go to heaven. Now nah, he, he said it, he said it, he said it, he said it. I'm adding to it, I'm adding to it. He said it, he said it, he said it, he said it, he said it. But but that's almost like what the, I mean, he was upset. That him and Bonza weren't going to be married in heaven. I say, now that's a husband for you right there. And then I, th I thought about that myself, and I was like, why can't I cry? I need to be crying too. <laughs> that don't mean I ain't love my wife, but I just, you know what I'm saying? I said, that boy love his wife. So today, we're closing out. I got all y'all in the room. We're closing out with, uh, we're going to start our, our, our seven days of prayer. Today, we're talking about our spirit man. You got it? You don't have to stand up unless you want to. Take you in a very short confession. You'll kind of see what our mornings are going to be like. We're going to have a time of worship, and then I'll share a little small word, and then we're going to go right into prayer, and then I'll have you out about 6.55, uh, 655, 6.50, 6.55. Everybody be walking out the door, going to work, school, to your prospective places. You got it? And so this is what the corporate prayer component looks like. The first day we said that we were going to deal with our spirit, man, whether that dealt with us needing to rededicate our lives back to God, us recommitting to God that we were going to you know, be better with God in our spiritual approach in life. And so the corporate component would be like to say, Father, I thank you that you are the way. You are the truth. You are the light. No man cometh unto you but by Jesus. I now resubmit my life back to you. I decree and declare that all things are passed away and all things are made new. I'm new in Christ. My spirit man is growing more and more. I commit to a life studying the word. You said that the word gives health and strength to my life. I thank you as I hide your word in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Your word is the way, the truth, and the light. Your word is final authority. Your word is incorruptible seed. And I thank you for your word. Father, I commit to a prayer life that glorifies and acknowledges you. You said that the prayers of the righteous availeth much. And when I pray to believe, I receive. I thank you that with prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving, I make my request made known unto you. I'm anxious for nothing, and I thank you 
that the peace of God that surpasseth all understanding guards and keeps my heart and my mind in Christ Jesus. I now submit my body unto you as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, which is my reasonable service. And I'm not conformed, shaped, nor fashioned by this world, but I am being transformed by the renewing of my mind. Lord God, I give you the throne of my heart, and I say that no one and nothing but Jesus sits on the throne of my life. Guide me with your word. Lead me by your spirit. I thank you for anointing me to walk in this life with you. I now cast down all imagination, every high thing that exalt itself against the knowledge of God. I bring into captivity every thought to the perfect obedience of Christ Jesus. And I run the race that is set before me, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith. Christ Jesus, I welcome you into this life. I welcome you into this mind. Make my life, make my body, your residence. Dwell in me, fill me with your power, with your spirit, with your anointing, with your wisdom. I hear your voice, the voice of the stranger. I will not follow. I'm God-led and not emotionally driven. I am led by the spirit and not by my flesh. I bind every work of darkness. Satan is defeated. Jesus is exalted and sin have no dominion over my body. My body is healthy and strong and my strength is daily renewed. I run with patience the race set before me looking unto Jesus the author and the finisher of my faith with Christ I always win through Christ I always win I am more than a conqueror in Jesus name faith is now hope is tomorrow I walk by faith and not by sight I decree it it is done now in Jesus name amen and amen hallelujah amen thank you for tuning into our podcast if you were changed by this message today, help someone else by sharing on your social media platforms. You can partner with us to continue to reach more people by giving at rightwayccc.org or on the Givelify app. Make sure to subscribe so that you're the first to know when a new episode is available. Thanks for listening.